See what love the Father has given us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. That's how the author of 1 John begins chapter 3, knowing that loving and giving are inseparable. See what love the Father has given us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. Last weekend, we celebrated my dad's birthday with some of his siblings. One sister spoke very proudly how out of the ten kids, eight of them are still around, with dad as the youngest at, well, that's not mine to tell. (laughs) These children of Maud and Joe Hopkins are an amazing bunch in their support of each other. When dad's truck broke down, Uncle George lent him his. They meet for breakfast every Wednesday morning at the coffee break in Stewart. They avoid family squabbles and are thankful to be part of a loving, caring family. I wish I could have known my grandfather and known my grandmother better to understand how they created such a bond in their children. Even if the brother or sister doesn't like what another does, they are committed to each other and they love each other. As children of the same parents, they provide an image of what it also means to be children of God, an image of what it means to be saints, an image of what it means to be church, people who are committed to each other and love each other no matter what. Scholar Roberta Bondi has studied intimately the early monastic fathers and mothers who left society to find a closer relationship with God, and they did that by moving out to the desert. And in her book, To Pray and to Love, Bondi quotes one of these Abbas, we know the word Abba, his father or daddy, who became Saint Anthony. He wrote, whoever hammers a lump of iron, this is, think of this as 300s, 200s, 300s AD, whoever hammers a lump of iron first decides what he is going to make of it, a scythe, a sword, or an axe. Even so, we ought to make up our minds what kind of virtue we want to forge or we labor in vain. We ought to make up our minds what kind of virtue we want to forge or we labor in vain. On All Saints Day, we direct our thoughts to the people who have inspired our lives of faith, and we consider the qualities we want to forge to become the tools and instruments of our giving God of love. So I want to talk about just a few, briefly. One quality of the saints is humility. Mark Twain said, I thank everybody for their compliments, but I don't think that I'm praised any more than I'm entitled to be. That is not an example of humility. Again, back to Roberta Bondi, she says that humility, in some important respects, is the master virtue that includes all others. It's not a matter of deliberately cultivating low self-esteem and a doormat mentality, as we might think. Rather, for the monastic teachers, being humble meant knowing that we are all beloved children of God. That the worth of each person comes not from ourselves, 
but from God. We can be reminded of what Paul wrote to the church at Corinth. Consider your own call, brothers and sisters. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. As it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Our friend Gary, (coughs) excuse me, when he receives a compliment, he playfully does this, stop, stop, stop. But saints direct their praise not to self, but to the creator alone. Humility is based on a good balance between the greatest and second greatest commandments. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Now, hear the triangle there. There's God, there's neighbor, and there's self. And we're to love all. So the second saintly quality is love. Bondi writes that the ancient monastics were convinced that the first help they could give toward the reconciliation of the world was learning to live in and model love in their own communities. At the same time, they didn't believe that they would be able to act in love towards those outside their own communities if they did not first begin to love each other. Do you hear that call to us, church? She goes on, love, however, is more than simply warm feelings toward others. For the early monastics, taking on concrete, particular daily patterns and habits of love, such as humility, such as prayer, discernment, and forgiveness. These are fundamental parts of learning how to love. And I especially liked what she said here. This is not a fast process. It's not a fast process. God has given us the job of learning how to love God and each other as our lifetime work. Closely linked to humility and to love is vulnerability. C.S. Lewis wrote, to love at all is to be vulnerable. Vulnerability is like opening the door to the messiest part of who we are. If you were to come to my house, I would be embarrassed to show you our basement. It's the most neglected area of the house. There are dead ceiling tiles in the back corner from a heating repair project. There are clothes awaiting repair. There are old framed pictures that we don't want to hang, but we don't want to get rid of. And at the same time, there's nutritious food stored on shelves, our high school yearbooks, and a painting from when our son was in preschool. Vulnerability is my willingness to show you my emotional basement. And there you would find things of which I'm proud and things about which I'm embarrassed. You would find disappointments and unrealized dreams as well as joys and hopes. And I expect I would find those in your emotional basement as well. But go back to our scripture from 1 John. See what love the Father has given us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. God knows that we are human. 
that sometimes we succeed and sometimes we fail miserably. But despite that, despite our fears, perhaps even because of all that, God still loves us fully. I think it's good to think about that in terms of our church, too, and wonder about whether we have trouble being vulnerable. It's as if maybe there's a part of this church, Calvary Baptist, that we feel like we have to convince everyone that we are the Calvary, the huge, big Calvary of the 1940s and 50s, when scores of children sang in the choirs and every Sunday school room was filled. And was Calvary Baptist Church perfect back then? Of course not. So while we're no longer that imperfect church, we're now a different imperfect church. But as we learn to accept ourselves as we are, and as we rejoice in that, in the fact that we're growing, we're moving forward, we become vulnerable and accepting of others, just like we heard earlier that in the communities of faith, those early monks, they would gather together and they would support each other. And that is what we are called to do I can't remember the Latin phrase, it's scola something, but um, somebody was saying that the church is a school of love. Church is a school of love. It's where we're trying to learn how to love each other and therefore others. Humility, love, vulnerability, these are serious topics. And so a fourth saintly quality that I want us to not forget is playfulness. I won't get this story exactly right, but dad and mom can tell you, dad's brother George is very gifted at at playfulness. Before mom and dad were married, they went on a date, and while they were driving, hit a skunk. And when dad got home, Uncle George said, been on a date with Nancy? I thought I smelled a skunk. (laughs) And that ribbing continues to go back and forth all these decades later. When we issue humility and place ourselves on a pedestal of perfection, we are too afraid of falling to take a crack at ourselves. When we fear being vulnerable, we take ourselves too seriously and find it difficult to be playful. When we withhold love and the forgiveness that often has to accompany love, we're too busy nursing our grudge to be playful. Laughter is one of the greatest and most healing gifts that God has given to us. And so here's your challenge. Here's our challenge. Choose a virtue to work on in the coming year. It may be humility, love, vulnerability, or playfulness. Or from the Beatitudes, it may be purity of heart or another of the blessings that, give, that Jesus gives us. Make it a research project, first of all. As you watch for people who exhibit that virtue and see how you might work it into your own lifestyle. And then secondly, make it a topic of prayer. And tell God, this is what I want to work on this year. And invite God's help. 